What's up, Tanner J. Man Show Nation? This is Tanner Lee, one half of the Tanner J. Man Show, and on behalf of myself and my co-host, Josh the J-Man Munt, we appreciate you listening to our podcast. If you're a new listener to our podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts at. If that happens to be on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and review as that helps us out a bunch. Watch our podcast live every Monday night from 6.30 to 7.30 Eastern Standard Time on the ISC Sports Network. And make sure to give us a like on Facebook and a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Tan and J Man Show. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy some hot takes, topics, picks, and more on a brand new episode of the Tan and J Man Show. We are back with another episode of the Tan and J-Man Show, episode number 280, live on the ISC Sports Network. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to hear uh, Tanner's sadness. Thanks. <laughs> tonight. <laughs> How you doing today? I've been better. Uh, yeah. I think I texted you last night. I think out of the 280 episodes we've done, this is probably the second to last most excited I've been for an episode. Yeah. That was awfully put how I just worded that, but yeah. Makes uh, sense, I, though. I think the only other time I haven't been excited to do a podcast was the following Monday after Purdue's mm. Elite Eight loss to Virginia in 2019. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, could you imagine if we were doing this show with the whole Raheem Moore uh, not was, was it Raheem, was it Raheem <laughs> oh, yeah. that didn't pat it down? Oh yeah, that was uh, bad. That was that my worst Bronco one. moment by far. That was <laughs> that was worse than Super Bowl forty eight. And a lot of people when they hear me say that, it's like how it's like Super Bowl forty eight was over at halftime. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was. Yeah. They ripped, ripped the bandaid off quick on that one. It was. But, it, it was almost over the moment the first snap went oh, over man. Peyton's head. So true. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was thinking today. I'm like, you know, we've done this since November of 2016. We've We've uh, vented more, mm-hmm. complained more, <clears throat> talked about more sad and depressing sports than we have got to celebrate because we started this after the Cubs won the World Series. Yeah, literally like three weeks yeah. after, after the Cubs won the World <laughs> Series. I haven't had much to uh, brag about here recently. I mean, I mean, I've never talked about the Broncos playing in the playoffs since this podcast has begun. Uh, I have. The Dolphins, anyway, yeah, not the Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> You've talked about the Cubs in the playoffs. We've both talked yeah. about Purdue and Illinois in March Madness, but every time it ends in sorrow. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just think about that today. I'm like, man. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a pretty depress- depressing bunch. Thanks uh, yeah. to our loyal listeners for uh, being depressed with us. And that's why we're that's why we do it. Even, yeah. even when we don't want to do it on Mondays. We, it, actually, today, I was thinking, this is going to help me by venting to talk through mm. this is going to help me. So. Yeah. I remember <laughs> last year after Illinois lost to Loyola, it was kind of like, man, I'm dreading this show. I don't want to do it at all. Uh, but then afterwards, you're like, felt pretty good. It yep. felt pretty good to get got some stuff off, off my got chest. Got it off your chest. Yep. yep. Twitter can only do so much for you. Oh, my goodness. I, yeah. I did get back on Twitter a little bit this afternoon on my personal account. Until today, I'd only got on through my different podcast accounts mm. and looked at things just because yeah. I had heard how toxic Purdue fans mm-hmm. in particular were being, and I still have not ventured on the message boards. I probably probably still get that a week or so. Yeah, um, nothing good comes from Twitter, any social media, really, no. when it comes to that. Nothing good comes from Twitter, especially. Message boards are just a toxic place to begin with, especially after a heartbreaking loss like that um stay away as long as possible yeah it's just not worth it i mean i know people who dove right in right after the game was over i i told uh my girlfriend to please let's just turn i told her to turn the channel right away just turn the channel don't want to see it on anymore don't want to hear about it don't want to hear it i think i don't even remember what we watched i think it turned on new girl or something on netflix so yeah yeah um the moment your team loses, you're like, 
not watching any basketball nope. the rest of the year. And, and uh, I haven't. I have not watched yeah. a single second of the tournament since. I know what happened this weekend. I kind of know the synopsis of it and, and the highlights and everything. But You missed nothing with the Elite yeah. Eight. It was one of the worst Elite Eights I've ever watched. Every game was... Yeah, it's got to be probably the worst Elite Eight in history. Not yeah. by the matchups, just by the games itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so you got some birdie bogey for me? I do. Let me pull up the uh, sponsor banner here. Um, yes, uh, I'm not proud of this one today. I, I wanted to come up with an NCAA tournament one. Honestly, couldn't find it. I found this within the last hour, and this is not NCAA tournament related. This is NBA. You, you are one stroke ahead of me. And like I think this per usual. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think this is pretty, pretty hard. But if you get one, you get a par. If you get both, you'll get a birdie. According to this thing that I've been keeping track, I'm two strokes ahead. I thought you were only a stroke ahead. I was a stroke ahead, but then you lost another stroke last week. I know. I thought we were tied going into the um, last week. We might have been, and I might just be cheating um, unknowingly. So, Well, you know what? I will go back. Tonight, and I'll just play the birdie bogeys mm. for the year, and we can figure that out pretty easily. So, yeah. nonetheless, you're beating me, okay? So, Jason, Jason, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown have each mm. scored 25 points in each of the Celtics' six straight wins. They're the third pair of teammates to score 25 points in six straight games together, joining what two pairs? Ever? Ever. And I will give you a hint. One pair is in our lifetime. One pair is not. One pair in lifetime, one pair is not. That's a really good question. Um, Birdie Bogey brought to you by Noble Gnome LLC for fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine of Mintone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and check out their website, noblenomellc.com, to get some veggies. Uh, speaking of the Celtics, remember when they were like trash early in the year, really even midway through? Like, is this team even going to make the playoffs? Well, here they sit, tied for the one seed in uh, the East at 19 games over 500. So uh, they found it pretty good. Have you checked the st- yeah, the standings in the East? The first four seeds is pretty incredible. Yeah, they're all within a game or half game. With all within a half game, you have Milwaukee there at the three seed. They're half game behind my- Miami and Boston. And you have Philadelphia there. The Bulls have started to really struggle, which kind of see that coming. They've had some injury issues, but. Uh, and they kind of overachieved early. And then you have Toronto there. The East, this might be the best the East has been in a long time. When's the last time all eight seeds will likely be over 500? I don't recall. It's, it's usually the been. West. Yeah, it's usually the West. And the West is the one that's not very good. The Clippers there at, in uh, the eighth spot, uh, three games under 500 right now. Uh, LeBron's Lakers are four and a half games out, and there's not much time left. Maybe uh, looks like eight games left, so they're probably not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, you hate to see it, don't you? Just hate to see it. Um, that's about the most we've talked about the NBA all year. Hey, you know what's funny though? I do get asked about a lot of people or requested if we would talk more NBA, but I just I got to be honest, I don't watch it. So oh, yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I I think I know enough to be a little dangerous, but not as much as I should. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I know enough that I can kind of make my way around a conversation and hold my own. Right. Um, but I'm not talking about guys that are like, I've never heard of. Because, I mean, we we both used to be so good. You go through an NBA roster and we could list off where they went to college, every single one of them almost. Yep. Um, yep. Now there's guys like in the NBA, I'm like, who? Who is that? Um. So my NBA, and honestly, we both, it, it probably coincides with us both stop buying the 2K franchise. 100%. 100%. Yeah, that's that's kind of where our NBA fandom died was we stopped buying it. Yep, so. you're right. I, well, it just, I think, the, when was the last time I bought it? 2019 maybe? And I think we only played it like three times. Against yeah, one another, and then it just eh. yeah, because you would never beat me, and that was kind of an issue for yeah, you. I don't know that. about that. I think <laughs> I think you about broke my controller the last time we played, if I remember. Yeah. Correctly. Now, now I, I will say when we play, um, what's what's that other one you got in your living room? NBA Jam Arcade. NBA Jam. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, you, you usually get me there. You yeah. kind of, you've kind of made up for it. The the computer system there, the software, I think is designed to make those games close every time. Yeah, because even no when blows. I play the computer, I've never blown anybody yeah. out. Well, they, I mean, the guy who created the game said he wrote code in there where the balls would never hit 
like a buzzer beater. Like he actually admitted that he put that in there, so they could not. It was just impossible I'm a, for him. I'm always my uh, Seattle Sonics. So mm-hmm. Sean Kemp, <laughs> Kemp, uh, Detlas Shrimp, Gary Payton, Gary Payton. Yeah. Yep. yep. So, well, let's uh, let's stay with basketball. Let's get right into the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. Sweet 16's over. Elite Eight's over. The final four is set. And um, the final four for everybody who might not know, you got the biggest two rivals in college basketball. Arguably first time ever first. playing in the NCAA tournament, too, I believe. Yes, it is. North, and they're the first two teams inside the same state to play against each other in a final four. Wow. Uh, North Carolina, the eight seed. Duke, the two seed. Coach K's last hurrah. I don't know if you've heard, Josh, Coach Mike Krzyzewski's retiring no, soon. I haven't heard that. And on the flip side, you got the two-seed Villanova Wildcats and the one-seed Kansas Jayhawks. So the only one seed to make the Final Four are Kansas. Yeah, um, it is the Blue Blood Final Four. Yes, it honestly. is. These four teams combined, I, I did some research last night, they've combined for 17 national championships all time, mm. nine since 2000, it's insane. Six, 60 combined Final Four appearances, 20 since 2000. You know, I'm in a position where I'm rooting for Villanova. Yes, and me too. V- Villanova is the team that I would say is the best program in college basketball at this point. From the past five, eight years or so, I would say Nova is the tops. Um, and I'm rooting for them because I cannot stand Kansas, Duke, or North Carolina. Um, and it really, this whole thing has set up just tremendously for Mike Krzyzewski to win a national title in his final year, which is just disgusting, in my opinion. Yep. Can't yep. stand it, but nope, it's, it is what uh, it is. If I had to bet right now who I thought would win a national championship, I think it would be Duke. I agree. And it's incredible to even see North Carolina in it, because it remember is? when they, they lost at home on February 16th to Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. most people didn't think they were even going to make it. And here, here they are. They end up getting eight seed. Winning at Duke kind of propelled them into the NCAA tournament field. It did. Um, and now they've knocked off Baylor. They've knocked off UCLA. And, of course, they end up blowing out St. Peter's yesterday. Um, it, it's it's a very Syracuse-type run where they were kind of on the bubble and then they end up making an Elite Eight Final Four. Um and it's it, it it's almost like a perfect storyline for Coach K to try to knock off North Carolina in the Final Four in his final year. Right for Duke to try to get the revenge for North yep. Carolina spoiling Coach K night, the last uh, home game for him at mm-hmm. Cameron Indoor Indoor uh, Stadium. And uh, um, North Carolina, though, coming into the tournament, they got waxed by Virginia Tech yeah. in the ACC tournament. And then that's why it's always hard. Like, I never want to take those teams who are coming to the tournament after getting blown out in their yeah. conference tournament. But you, we all knew Carolina had talent. I mean, this is a different squad than they started the year with, even mm-hmm. on the roster. I mean, some of their uh, guys on the roster that were contributors back North Carolina aren't playing yeah. anymore. Yep. And C- Caleb Love has gone scorched earth shooting the ball, which he didn't really shoot the ball that good all year. And then all of a sudden he's putting up 30 against UCLA. He had a great game against Baylor. And then he tore up St. Peter's yesterday. And that Armando Baycott, which I think he was one of the top three or four in the nation in double-doubles this year. He had a 20-20 game yesterday. Um, And it's it's all about draw, too. They might have been a really good matchup. um, Or Baylor might have been a really good matchup for them, UCLA as well. And then, of course, they get a 15 seed in the Elite Eight. but yeah, I mean Hubert Davis deserves some credit to um for just keeping the team together after they lost to Pitt. Now here they are in New Orleans, which is just crazy to even think about. I know. Um I mean it is a little hard to stomach as a Purdue fan. Mm-hmm. Um two of the four teams of Final Four Purdue beat back to back days, North Carolina and Villanova, mm-hmm. Villanova in November. But that's when uh I I Purdue from November through about December tenth or so they were looking like the best team in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were ranked number one. And then that night at Rutgers when Ron Harper Jr. hit that half quarter, I swear something kind of changed in the team. I mean, I look back on the year. Was it a uh, failure of a year? No, not necessarily. You still won 29 games. But you don't have any hardware to show off for. You don't mm-hmm. have a Big Ten regular season championship. You don't have a Big Ten tournament title. You made a Sweet 16 and got <clears throat> beat by a, by a 15 seed. Um, so I wouldn't say it's the – Biggest failure of a year in Purdue history, but it's a very unfulfilling year. Mm-hmm. 
Aww. I saw this actually post on Twitter by a Purdue. I've, I I forget what Twitter account it was. It, it was like a boiled sports or something like that. I don't think they're the ones that did it. Um, the question was, is this the most disappointing season in the Matt Painter era? No, I don't think so. Uh, uh, that's tough because this team, unlike a lot of his good teams, was healthy all year mm. long. They didn't have that big injury or or something like that. Um, I don't know. The expectations were so high on this team. I mean, I feel like this team had pressure on their shoulders all year long. Sure. Not only players, but coaches and even staff members. Like, There's parts of the season I look back, I don't think the guys were having fun at mm. all, um, especially when they started losing Big Ten games. You know, they started the Big Ten season one and two losing at Rutgers, and then losing at home to Wisconsin. Um, put them in the hole right away, and then you lose to your arch-rival Indiana for the first time in, I don't know, 2,000-some days. And then, uh, you know, the bank shot up at Wisconsin, and then the last second shot in East Lansing, and mm-hmm. got drilled up at Michigan, which was delayed that game due to COVID. Um, and But then, you know, I kept saying, maybe, you know, get them out of Big Ten play. Maybe they're more fit for the NCAA tournament because NCAA is usually who can score the most. And, um, you know, they got done against Texas, but St. Peter's, unfortunately, they just didn't play very well. And and one of the things that has snake bitten this team all year, Rose's ugly head and snake bit them out of the tournament. That was turnovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Jaden Ivey was pretty bad. He was um, awful. I think that was his worst yeah. game at Purdue, and unfortunately that's going to be his last game at mm-hmm. Purdue. But he just, and credit to St. Peter's, I thought they took him out of his game early, got him frustrated, but he just didn't look like himself, didn't look like his head was in the game really. I'm sure, and I'm sure he was trying his hardest and wanting to win. It wasn't like he's out there trying to lose, but something just seemed off. Something that could have completely changed Purdue's season around is if he got locked in on the defensive end, having right. your best player get locked in, and he never did. He was... Right for the most part, pretty bad defensively, um, just relied on his athleticism. There were times where he looked really good defensively, mm-hmm. and he was a really good two-way player, but it just seemed like at times he he would kind of, and uh, again, we're just speculating, but he'd kind of look lost out there at times. Yep. Um, it would affect his offense. I mean, he had that air ball with, I think, two and a half minutes left or something, and he missed it by like five feet. It was mm-hmm. awful. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I I still thought a shot the end was going in. The Got tied up and taking yeah. it overtime because he's he's done that a time or mm-hmm. two. I mean, he is he's definitely the uh, unfortunately the uh, kind of the goat in 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 bad terms, so to speak, right now on on Purdue's message boards and on on Purdue Twitter from what I've heard, and um, which is too bad because he's definitely a Purdue legend, but he's not going to be remembered in the same essence I guess as Carson Edwards because Carson had that great tournament and got them to elite eight which Carson struggled that year from mid-January up Mm -hmm. into the tournament with his shot but they were two different players Carson was a shot maker Mm -hmm. and could rip eight threes and Jane was more of a athletic driver of the ball and and I don't know that was one thing I thought Purdue could have been a lot more aggressive the other night but that's part of St. Peter's game plan and uh, they played right into St. Peter's hands and they still turn it over a ton. So if they were more aggressive, they probably would have had five to ten more turnovers than sure. they did. So I don't know. I, I I mean, credit to St. Peter's. I thought they had a good defensive game plan. They played better in the second half than they did in the first half because I thought Purdue should have been up a lot more than four that, that they were mm-hmm. a half. But I thought Purdue kind of beat Purdue Friday yeah. night. And uh, it was disappointing to hear in the post-game press conference, Trayvon Williams kind of said all week long they've been repeating, we don't want this to be like North Texas. we got to take these guys seriously. And he said, I don't think all the guys bought in. That's, That's disappointing to hear. Yeah, it's like absolutely. how you're in the Sweet 16, <clears throat> your bracket's busted for the first time, and I don't know how long as a Purdue fan. I, I've never seen that. You're, you're, the, you're the highest remaining seed in your in your region. You're playing a 15 seed, but the 15 seeds beat Kentucky and Murray State already. Mm-hmm. So how can you not be locked in? That just was very frustrating to hear. Yeah, um, and of course the Matt Painter can't win in the tournament no, yeah. sort of buzz is starting to rise up again. Sure. Um, which the NCAA tournament is such an unbelievable crapshoot. It is. It, it took Jay Wright so long to finally get there, and there was the same stigma about him. There's the same stigma about Mark Few. Yeah. Uh, which is only getting louder this year after getting knocked off by Arkansas. Um, what do you think Painter has to do in order to obviously obviously he has to win in the tourney? Uh, but what do you think he needs to do roster wise 
Because um, the Big Ten as a whole has been trash in the tourney for 20 years now. Um, Which I'm glad you brought that up because yes. I want to talk about that next. But um, I don't know roster-wise. I mean, I don't think he's going to go away from trying to grab a big guy every year. I think he's going to grab the best shooter he can, uh, particularly in the Midwest, every year. Um, I don't think he's going to go away from that. I mean, he he went away from his recruiting strategies for two years back in uh, 2013 and 14, and they finished dead last in the Big Ten one of those years and didn't mm. make the NCAA tournament either year because he was trying to grab the highest-ranked possible guys instead of Purdue Fitz, and it backfired. So I don't think he's going to go that crazy. But I think you'll see him and Purdue – hit the transfer portal this year harder than they ever have. They're going to have to. They're going to lose the, They're losing three seniors and Jaden Ivey, even though he hasn't officially announced that he's leaving. Mm-hmm. And then today, um, backup junior point guard Isaiah Thompson kind of surprised Purdue fans a little bit, and now he's putting his name in the portal. So that's at least five guys. I think Zach Eady will test NBA waters. I presume he'll come back, but you, but you never know. Um, and the only other guy maybe I could see leaving Purdue's Brandon Newman. But I yeah, I, I actually saw on the Illinois message boards today that there's been rumors somebody had heard that Newman will be putting his name in the portal um, at some point. I mean, Painter can obviously talk him out of it, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a definite changing roster. Mm-hmm. Um, the transfer portal is almost where you win nowadays. You look at Houston, like they had four starters that weren't even really on the team last year. Right. Um, you look at Texas Tech, their entire roster was almost made up of transfers. Um, it's free agency and you'd much rather have guys that have experience playing big time college basketball than you would picking up freshmen easily. Yeah. Uh, which is, which is, is kind of hurt freshman recruiting into the springtime. Um, but yeah, I, I think Purdue absolutely needs to go transfer portal route. I know that's what Illinois is doing. Uh, they, they have to as well cause they're losing a bunch. Um, but NCAA tournament's all about guard play. It is. It and is. It, it, yeah. Purdue had one guard that played well. Yeah, yeah. Eric Hunter, who had been playing better towards the end of the year, he mm-hmm. struggled at times. Zay Thompson hadn't added much in a couple months, really. And he started at point guard to start the year um, for the first two months or so. Um, I don't know where he'll end up. Maybe maybe like a Butler or a, or a Max school or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Butler, I think, recruited him pretty hard out of high school, if I remember correctly. I could be. Remembering that wrong, but um, but yeah, so Purdue's, Purdue's gonna get four freshmen next year. Uh, uh, a point guard from Westfield, Braden Smith, a shooting guard from Homestead and Fort Wayne, Fletcher Lawyer. Um, oh, I'm blanking on the kid's name from he was from Minnesota but went to prep school in Utah. Uh, Hyde, I think Cameron Cameron Hyde came came to Hyde. I think and that's then, right. Then William Berg, who's a seven two European player, um, and then they got two guys they redshirted this year. Uh, okay. and, and uh Brian Waddell and um Trey Kaufman Wren, who was a top fifty player. Yeah. So um so they're gonna have six freshmen next year. Uh it'll it'll look like a, a whole different team. Expectations are gonna be totally different than they were this year. Mm-hmm. Um but as of right now with Isaiah leaving, Purdue does not have a single senior on the roster next year because Isaiah was gonna be the lone one. So you'll be very un um do they have a single senior on the roster last year? Um. <clears throat> no, because it's kind of. I mean, no, last didn't. year they came into the year no expectations. Didn't think they were going to be very good because they weren't very good in nineteen twenty. Right. And uh, end up playing something changed when they won in Michigan State. I remember. Yeah. End up getting a four seed, and of course losing the North Texas. And then they come into the year ranked fourth because they get every single player back. And it could right. be kind of the same. Could um, be. So we just don't know. There's so many unknowns with Purdue, and and I thought this was interesting today. You were talking about Matt Painter, um, friend of the friend of the podcast, and one of our sponsors of our segments that we'll get into in a little bit. Thad Mooney, he sent me a comparison of Gene Cady through his first 17 years and Matt Painter through his first 17 years at Purdue. Gene Cady's total record was 366 wins, 160 losses. Big Ten was 203 wins, 103 losses. Matt Painter's totals 384 wins, 192 losses. So he's about 3% lower than Gene overall. His Big Ten is 194 wins, 115 losses, so about about 4% lower. Gene had six Big Ten titles. Matt has three and one tournament title. But here's where it gets interesting. NCAA tournament success. Gene Cady, two Sweet 16s. Matt Painter, five. Both won Elite Eights. And then in Gene Cady's last eight years, uh, his Big Ten average – Place 
finish with six, with no Big Ten titles, three Sweet Sixteens, and one Elite Eight. Yeah, I mean, super similar. Um, mm-hmm. Besides the NCAA tournament success, of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, all all you can really wish for is just keep getting the Sweet Sixteens, and finally, it's going to get over the hump. Um, yeah. And this year felt like the year because they were playing the 15 seed, and obviously right. it didn't happen. Right. It's. Um, uh, but to answer your question earlier, what's it going to take to get Purdue fans off his back? I mean. I think the Purdue fan base has been 42 years now since their last Final Four will be going on 43 next year in basketball season. And I don't – I don't. I mean, they don't care about Big Ten titles really anymore. It's mm-hmm. it's get to the Final Four. Not even the championship, just get to the Final Four. Yeah. Then you could worry down the line about championship if that doesn't happen then. But it's that's what it's going to take to get the whole fan base off its mm-hmm. back, I think, which, which it's – I think a majority of the fan base is still behind Matt Painter because I think they'd be crazy not to. But there are okay. some out there that want him gone or, or mm-hmm. think he's an awful coach, and I just kind of yeah. laugh at that. Those people are stupid. Um, it it would be interesting. That of, course, of course, we thought maybe last year, but maybe he feels like he's reached the ceiling at yep. Purdue, and he wants to go try. Uh, of course, Carolina was open. Um, Louisville just hired a coach. I heard his name mentioned. I'm like, there's right. no way he's going to Louisville. Uh, maybe he, uh, Kansas would open or Kentucky and they'd make a call. Yep. Um, but um, for right now, I think he, Purdue has a pretty dang good thing going yeah. um, basketball-wise, and they'll get over the hump eventually. Yeah, I, I think if Matt Painter's never – if it becomes the day he's not Purdue's coach anymore, I think that's by his own doing. Mm-hmm. He, he decides to leave. I don't think they're going to fire him anytime. I think he'd have to miss – I don't know, two or three NC tournaments in a row. And yeah. this team's just be awful and not even on the bubble. <laughs> which which you kind of mentioned those teams, the 2012, yep. 2013, and 13-14. He was kind of on the hot seat a little sure. bit. They started off the year that, bad in 14 They started off the year real bad and, and then, then kind of got hot yeah, yep. late in the year. And it's yep. been uh, smooth Definitely. sailing for the most part since. Yep. Uh, so it would have been interesting had uh, Leron, freshman Leron Black not grab 15 rebounds against him or something because I think that's kind of what changed. Yeah, um, yeah, and um, yeah. I mean, it's, he almost—I—I I, I don't know how close he was to taking the Missouri job back in 2011. Um, if he was just using it as leverage or whatever, but he's obviously sniffed around a little bit. It was interesting. Robbie Hummel and Jeff Goodman talked about that on their podcast last week, and Robbie said he was calling Matt like tons of times <laughs> a day during the whole saga because he was Robbie was so mad at the Purdue athletic department by not ponying up money, not just for Matt. Matt was going to bat more for his assistants. Mm-hmm. to get pay raises and maybe himself a little bit. And Robbie said if Matt left, because Conzo had just left, um, he said if Paul Lusk didn't get promoted, which probably wouldn't happen, Robbie was going to leave too. Wow. He didn't know where he was going to go to finish out his last year, but he was so mad he would he would have left too. I can see why people uh, did not like Morgan Burke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, that was a crazy week to be on campus. That was my freshman year, mm-hmm. I remember. Uh, Around probably in a few weeks from now, yeah, around this time yeah. of year. But uh, let's let's talk about the Big Ten a little bit before we before we move on and talk about some other things. Like you mentioned, the Big Ten has not won a national title since the ninety nine two thousand Michigan State team. They've had teams make the Final Four and teams even make the championship, but come up short. This year, they get nine teams in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Only two of those nine make the Sweet Sixteen. None of them get past that. What I mean, what what is going on? Um. I've said it for a while now. You look at NBA rosters, and there's not many Big Ten players on there. Yeah, um, I had to think today who's the best Big Ten NBA yeah. player, and just the fact that I had to think about it, that's yeah. pretty rough. Yeah, um, I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. The ACC was awful this year, but look, they have two teams in the Final Four now. Yeah. Um, they had a couple other. I mean, Miami, a 10 seed, made the Elite Eight. And we're up at halftime. Um, and Kansas. Yeah, and we're up at halftime, and then Kansas turned on the Jets, but – yeah, I think it all boils down to they got to recruit NBA level talent, yeah. um, and it's tough to get NBA level talent to the Big Ten and cold weather sort of places. Well, well, um, well and we've seen guys like Victor Oladipo went number two over on the draft. Mm-hmm. Cody Zeller went number four. We've seen Michigan have a lot of guys drafted pretty well. Uh, Jalen Jackson went number two for Michigan State. So we've seen guys getting drafted in premier spots because you got to think Jaden Ivey, Johnny Davis, and Keegan Murray are going to be lottery picks probably. Yeah. So it's not like they're not getting positioned well. They just don't go on to have NBA careers. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Um, they've only had – the Big Ten has only had, I think – 
I'm trying to think. The last time they had two players drafted in the first round, or two guards, because this whole thing I read was about guard play in the NCAA tournament. Last time they had two guards drafted in the same first round was like 2017, and that was Romeo Lankford, and I cannot remember the other one. Um, but they, they just haven't had good enough guards. Was to that, make deep. Nah, D'Angelo Russell was before that one. Yeah, I think Russell was like 14 or 15, okay. something like yeah. that, maybe 16. Um, but yeah, they just haven't had good enough guard play. And again, I mean, we make it an excuse, but I just think teams just beat the crap out of each other throughout mm-hmm. the year. And um, they're officiated a lot different in the Big Ten. And guys recruit to win Big Ten titles more than they do to win the NCAA the whole thing. Um, and you see, you don't see teams with like back to the basket, big men like Kofi Coburn and Zach Eady, uh, winning, uh, NCAA titles anymore. I mean, look at, look at the teams left. Um, I mean that, that Baycott kind of is for Carolina Duke has Mark Williams, but they have the guards and the forwards right. that are just, that are their main guys. They, they just have big guys there to block shots and rebound. Right. Um, which in the big 10, I mean, Kofi was, all everything for Illinois. They just threw it into them every time. Um, Edie and Travion Williams, kind of the same way. Of course, they had Jaden Ivey, but um, Sasha Stavanovich going cold at the end of the year really hurt. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I just think teams need to recruit better to win titles. And I I know their sole focus coming to the year is win Big Ten title first and then win um, in the NCAA tournament. It just hasn't happened. Which I get it, because if you win a Big Ten title, you're going to be positioned greatly for the NCAA tournament because you're going to yep. be a really good seed. But you're right. I I think it's the style of play of the conference. Mm-hmm. They beat up on each other. They don't score a ton of points. Um, I mean, Purdue was the highest offensive efficient team in the nation for most of the season. But if you watch them, yeah, they're putting up points, but they turn it over a bunch. So sure. I, I thought that stat was a little skewed. Yeah, and and the team that does routinely put up about the most points in Big Ten's Iowa, but they play zero defense, so uh, it, yeah, it kind of can it kind of cancels right. it out a little bit, right? So. Um, but going back to elite talent, it is interesting that this year they didn't get any team past the Sweet 16. When you look at mock drafts, you have um, Jade Ivey, a potential top five pick, um, Keegan Murray, potential lottery pick, Johnny Davis, potential lottery pick, uh, EJ Liddell's in a lot of first round uh, mocks. Um, even Malachi Branham for Ohio State, he's getting some first round buzz. Um, so you could have five, maybe six guys that are drafted in the first round. I'm out of the Big Ten, which hasn't happened long time, and they still the success was not there in the NCAA tournament. And you'll probably have some in the second round too. Yeah, I I really think Travion Williams is going to have a decent NBA career. Um, I don't know I've, if he gets drafted. <laughs> well, I've I've seen him in like the mid second round. Yeah, and I I think um, I, I forget who it was. I think it was Garrett Weiniger, um, head coach at Fisher's High School, um, and classmate of ours. I believe mm-hmm. he's the one that said on Twitter that. Uh, Travion reminds him of Zach Randolph a little bit Ooh. with his ability to pass. Yeah. Um, and maybe he can carve out a role for a, quite a few years in the NBA. And uh, I thought that was a pretty good comparison. And I, I would be happy for him. He's one of my favorite Purdue players of all time. His mm. story's cool. He seems like a great kid. Um, and if it, if he didn't get going second half the other night, Purdue was in real trouble. He got yeah. it going. Um, I thought it was interesting real quick while we're talking about NBA, I was listening to a Purdue podcast today and the writer for golden black, Brian Newber talked about, he would see Zach Eady a lot of times after practice, or maybe he's during summer workouts. He did the, uh, all around the world drill for like the NBA mm-hmm. test. He says he can hit threes pretty decently. Like he's yeah. practicing that he's practicing that specifically for the NBA workouts. And you never, I mean, I, so like then, I said, yeah. like I said, I think he'll come back, but you never know if he goes uh-huh. to a workout and somehow lights it up. One team might be like, yeah, we're taking a flyer on him in the first round. And if that happens, yeah. he's not coming back. I mean, he's, he's obviously limited athletically, right. but you, you can't teach seven, four. No, you just no. can't teach it. And especially no. if, if he's knocking down threes like that, um, yeah, maybe maybe there's a role for him. I just and, thought it was interesting. He's working on that. So. Yeah, and and I'm sure Painter doesn't. I, I mean, he wants to get his guys in the NBA, obviously. Right. But his main focus is winning. And sure. when you have a seven foot four guy outside and not inside. I mean, it just kind of clocks things up oh, outside. Yeah. 
yeah. um, a little bit. I'd so. love to see his reaction of Zach shot one, especially if it wasn't <laughs> yeah. a blowout or anything, because yeah. he didn't like when Travion did it. <laughs> Which Tra- Travion wasn't a terrible shooter. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. Um, it just it, yeah, it, that's it, not where he wants him. Especially before this year, if he shot one, he like mm-hmm. you can see him want to pull his hair out. But <laughs> I, I think Trace Jackson Davis can be a second round pick. I think his mm-hmm. stock really rose uh, the past month. Um, and Indiana is another team that's been hit hard from the transfer portal. Yeah, uh, Parker Stewart's gone. Um, Rob Finnessy's gone. Rob Finnessy's gone. Christian Lander's gone. Which I'm sure that's addition by subtraction there for them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, and and Michael Durr is gone, but yes, I mean they're yes. not going to really miss him. Um, no. but yeah, I I mean we see, and there is opportunities for guys because they still get the COVID year. Um, who was here during that. But a a lot of guys are just kind of leaving anyway and just saying my college career was great. Uh, Sasha Stefanovic said that today. Mm -hmm. He's going to pursue pro opportunities. And I assume Travion Williams will do the same. And Eric Hunter. Um, They they, they supposedly all three told Matt Painter at the beginning of the year because Painter wanted to know for recruiting purposes. And they all three mm -hmm. told him they were going to be done. Yeah. Um, some some teams were really helped. Like Illinois was super helped by getting Trent sure. Frazier and Demonte Williams and Al- Al- Alfonso Plummer wouldn't even been there had they not well, had the COVID. And then Wisconsin, Wisconsin was helped. Brad Iowa was helped. So mm-hmm. all three Big Ten champions this Big year were helped. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Just- so <laughs> yeah, but I I think a lot of e- even coaches are going to kind of try to get back to that. Sure. Five years to play four sort of deal. And I don't like the COVID rule, even for, for, for football or basketball. And it's going to benefit Purdue hugely in football because their quarterback's back. But mm-hmm. I'm still taking the same stance, even if Purdue has a good season this year in football. I'm still going to say the COVID rule is dumb because <laughs> I can't. Yeah, that's my um, stance. I can't go back on yeah. it, even if it benefits it, my team. It, it made sense. Oh, it was um, a good PR move by the NCAA. It was because the, the yeah, NCAA. Positive. PR. Yeah, they, they need as much good yeah. PR as possible. Yeah. Um, and it, it made sense to allow those seniors in 2020. Um, or I actually didn't even allow the seniors in 2020 to come back. Did they? No. Um, so I'm, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I don't really like it now either. Um, there are times where I like the transfer portal and times where I don't. I, it's just hard to get um, used to it. It's, it's yeah. Just, it just seems like kids, if they don't want to fight for their position from an incoming freshman, Basically. or maybe maybe they're, they they got benched like mm-hmm. Andre Corbello um, at times, they just yeah leave. And, and yeah. sometimes it's for the right reason, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, just a better fit, or maybe academic wise or closer to family. But sometimes I just think that when the going gets tough, they don't they don't want to tough sure. it out anymore. Um, and as as far as Corbello goes, I feel bad. I have a lot of empathy. For towards him just coming in he was crowned this stud point guard then he gets a concussion misses 13 games just could never get into a rhythm and it sounds like he was not doing really well mentally during that as well um so it it, it could just be like i need a change of scenery all right um just to help and it's it's probably good for both parties at this time just to move on especially with how bad Corbello played in the entire tournament um, any chance he lands in the big 10 somewhere I can't imagine. It sounds like he hates cold weather. So look, oh, okay. look, look for Miami. Um, mm-hmm. They recruited him real hard out of high school. And it's kind of an Illinois, Miami, Oregon battle. I remember. Okay. Um, so may- maybe Miami and he's, he's from Puerto Rico too, but he went to high school in New York. So like St. John's has been mentioned already. Cold I'm sure weather. a lot of schools will be out there. <laughs> uh, I, 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 ho- I hope he goes to St. John's or Miami yeah. um, and not a big 10. I can't imagine he'd stay in the big 10, but you never know. Yeah. I just was, yeah. For your, for your sake, that, that wouldn't be fun. Yeah, that, that wouldn't be I mean, fun because I, I Curbella was arguably their maybe best player at the end of last year um, when Iowa went down with the with the broken nose and concussion and missed three games. Curbella was the dude; like he was better than Kofi, he's better than all of them, and he was so much fun to watch too. And it's just it's just a shame it didn't work out because uh, yeah. I really like watching him play. Didn't like watching him turn the ball over this year, sure. but uh, his, his, his freshman year uh, was really fun to watch, and it just yeah. kind of sucks, but. Is your uh, book it this week going to revolve around uh, NCAA tournament? It will. I Yeah, it, it will. Um, so we got Duke, Carolina. Who you got in that one? I don't like either of these teams. Um, I, I like Carolina more than Duke. Carolina's won six national titles. Duke's won five. They've both been in a bazillion Final Fours. But I'm just getting this feeling that it's destiny for this Duke yeah. team to win it all. And it's a movie script unfolding but for our eyes i hate to say it but i think i think duke gets revenge on carolina 
I completely agree. Um, unfortunately, I don't like either team. Uh, I don't like any really team left. I don't mind Nova yet. Yeah, I don't either. Punch, but I like Jay Wright. I like Jay Wright a lot. Uh, but yeah, give me Duke in that one. Um, who you got in the next one? Kansas Nova. Well, it doesn't help that one of Nova's key contributors blew his knee out. Um, uh, yeah, he had towards Achilles right at the end of the or game. Achilles, too. not knee. Achilles, yeah. Um, you could see that thing pop in slow motion. It was not uh, not pretty. Feel bad for the kid. I, I hope Villanova wins, but I think Kansas is uh, just has a little more firepower. I agree. Uh, Kansas seems like they're – I mean, for them being so good, at, for whatever reason, it felt like they've kind of flown under the radar a little bit. Um, for whatever reason, I mean, they get a one seed and they won the big 12 again, but it seems like I didn't really hear about them all that much this year. Well, and um, just historical speaking, they haven't won a title since 08. They've been to multiple final fours yeah. and a couple championships, but they haven't won the, that's the only title they've won of this group since 2008. And they really shouldn't have even won that one. No, <laughs> Memphis no. could not hit a free throw, but J man's book of prediction of the week is this. I think it will be a uh, Duke-Kansas national championship game. Of course, we'll do the show before the national championship game next uh, uh, next week. But uh, I really think we'll get a Duke-Kansas, uh, which um, don't like Bill Self, don't like Mike Krzyzewski, so uh, I might not tune in if that is what it is. But uh, Jim Man's Book of Predictor of the Week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering for life. Home, auto, business, renters, workers' comp, and farm insurance. Contact Travis at 219-869-4561. His email is travis.watchering at infb.com. Book it! Um, you have any more college basketball? I do have some notes here my dad wrote okay. out for me real quick. I'm going to go over. My, is, my word association is also college basketball. Okay. So. This is interesting. It's records for all the Big Ten teams in football and basketball this year combined. So for Illinois, 23 and 10 in basketball, 5 and 7 football, 28 and 17. Wisconsin, 25 and 8, 9 and 4, 34 and 12. Purdue, 29 and 8, 9 and 4, 38 and 12. Iowa, 26 and 10, 10 and 4, 36 and 14. Uh, Rutgers, 18 and 14, 5 and 8, 23 and 22. Ohio State, 20 and 12, 11 and 2, 31 and 14. Michigan State, 23 and 13, 11 and 2, 34 and 15. Uh, Michigan, 19 and 15, 12 and 2, 31 and 17. Indiana, 21 and 14, 2 and 10, 23 and 24. Uh, Minnesota, 15 and 17, 7 and that's not Minnesota. Uh, who is that? Uh, Maryland, excuse me, 15 and 17, 7 and 6, 22 and 23. Uh, Penn State, 14 17, 7 and 6, 21 23. Northwestern, 15 and 16, 3 and 9, 18 25. Nebraska, <laughs> 10 and 22, 3 and 9, 13 Yikes. and 31. Uh, Minnesota, 13 and 17, 9 and 4 for 22 and 21. So the best record overall was Purdue at 38 and 12. What was Wisconsin? 34 and 12. Oh, I thought I heard the 12. Yeah. yeah. So, which is, yeah. And then you had, you did have uh, Iowa 36 and 14. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple other 34, 31s. But uh, it's kind of interesting. It right? is kind of interesting. And that's got to be the, uh, that's going to be the first time Purdue's done that in, oh, decades. Eh, mainly because of their football. Um, yeah. Yeah. The best yeah. football year in a long time. But yeah. Yep. Um, Yep, so that just he did a lot of work on that, so I thought I'd mention that and not save it for next week. Yeah, that's a good so. that's, a, that's an interesting list. I wouldn't even think to ever combine those two to no. see who had the best. Um yeah, that's interesting. Let's knock out your word association since it's called my word association word. is national championship teams, just a random player from each <sighs> national championship team over the last however many years. Okay. Um starting with last year, Jared Butler. I couldn't have named you a player yeah, on that, but yeah. Baylor team. Uh, I just Baylor remember I didn't hadn't watched them much all year last year until that championship game and the mm-hmm. way they ran uh, Gonzaga out Lucas Oil Field was really impressive. So uh, yeah, Baylor he, he was, was their he was best good player. That game. Yeah, he yeah. was good that game. Um, Kyle Guy, Indiana sharpshooter, um, mm-hmm. broke a lot of hearts of a lot of uh, Indiana State school fans and went to Virginia and. Uh, that was a Virginia team of destiny that should have lost the lead eight, should have lost final four, should have lost championship yep. and found a way to win each of those games. Um, yeah, he committed to Virginia when he was an underclassman, I want to say. I think um, you're right. In high school before Virginia got really good. Um, Dante DiVincenzo. <laughs> it's always an interesting name to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember much about him besides that. 
He was the guy that went off against Michigan for Villanova in the national okay. championship game. That's the only thing I remember from him. And I think he's playing with the Bucks now. Yeah, I knew he was um, in the league somewhere. Yeah. Uh, number four from North Carolina, Joel Berry. Joel Berry. I forgot about huge shot. Huge shot he made against Gonzaga. Uh, yeah, against Gonzaga mm. that year in the championship game. Or no, or was that the following year? Um, against it, Villanova. Or the year it, before. It, it would have been against Gonzaga because Marcus Page is the one that hit the crazy shot. Ah, see, Nova. I got him confused. Joel Berry, yeah. didn't he have a afro? afro? Uh, I think. Or the crazy hair? I that... think he had an afro. Okay. Um, <laughs> these are kind of tough. This is going great. Uh, um, I, I, I think he'll do pretty good with the rest of the list because they're kind of more well-known. Ryan Archidiacono. Oh, yeah, he's a Villanova staple. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, his brother plays for him now. Yeah, yeah. I heard the name the other day. And yeah. I was kind of like, I'm like, that's not the same one. He's not still there. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's a face of Villanova basketball yeah, in our he, lifetime. He's the one that made the incredibly unselfish pass to pass to Chris Jenkins yes. for the uh, three. Yes. Um, Grayson Allen, our favorite. Uh, just unlikable. Yeah, still uh, is. On the top five most unlikable Duke player list. Mm. It's, that list is pretty long, too. Yes. So. Um, Shabazz Napier. Shabazz. Uh, I mean, that was a seven-seed UConn team to win it all. Mm-hmm. Just got yeah. on fire. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Russ Smith from Louisville. Oh, he was a good one. That that Louisville team was fun to watch. He mm-hmm. was a fun guard that I think made the league but didn't do much in the league. Yeah. Uh, he, he could go get a bucket, though, when you needed it at Louisville. Yes, yes he could. Uh, Marcus Teague. <laughs> one of one of the Teagues. Um yeah, that one who I was expecting you to say on that team. Um yeah, I don't have much. <laughs> yeah, he uh didn't do a whole lot in the NBA either. I know the no. Bulls drafted him. Um no. was it Marcus or Marquise? I'm pretty sure it was pronounced Marcus okay. Teague. I always thought it was Marquise, but it was spelled Marquise like Marquise. Marquise, Marquise, yeah. Marquise. Mar- Marquise. Yeah. For whatever reason I've always said Marcus. I don't, I don't know, I could be wrong. Um, Jeremy Lamb, Jeremy, Lamb, another one from you. I mean, you, we, we talk about UConn. We never think about mm-hmm. them as a blue blood, but they've won three national titles since 99. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one that's been a journeyman in the NBA. He's, I think he's with the Pacers now, isn't he? Or was he was at one point. That's how close I follow the Pacers. I know he was, <laughs> um, Brian Zubek. Right, a name I haven't thought of in a decade. Yeah. Um, yeah. Zubek. So that was 2010. 10. So that was uh that was Duke. Yeah, the big you know? seven foot two guy. He, he's the one who missed the shot that Hayward almost banked into half the yeah, missed, missed yeah. free throw. Number fifty one, um, I think. It seems right. Uh Ty Lawson. Uh he was a he was a good Denver Nugget for a while. Um and then bounced around a few other teams. But uh, yeah, he was he was a good NBA player for, for yeah. about five year stretch. Uh Brandon Rush. Brandon Rush. Um Remember his brother Kareem Rush for uh, Missouri, but Brandon Rush was an Indian Pacer, star of his yeah, career was. a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I think he went to the Kings and in the Warriors. He was on the Warriors for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, good shooter in college. Corey Brewer, <laughs> Florida Gator that was around the pros forever. I mean, Timberwolf Nuggets. Uh, I don't know. I think he played for like eight teams, but yeah. I think I think besides Joakim Noah, he lasts. No, Horford. Never mind. They had they had a lot of those guys make the NBA. I was gonna say he yeah. lasted the longest, but I don't think he did. Speaking of Horford, Al Horford. Yeah, he was just a beast. I mm. mean, was a contributor in the NBA until about two years ago. He got that huge contract by the Celtics. I think he's back with the Celtics. I think right he is. Now, I think he went I'm to not... got traded and went back. He's yeah. Yeah, he he had a really good career too in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, which not many people thought he would end up being the best guy, though he was the most highly drafted. He went third overall. Now he's averaging uh, 10 points and seven and a half rebounds for Boston uh, this year. So yep. not bad. No, pretty good. Let's see how much money he's made. Um, my internet allows me. It's not allowing me. So, yeah, that's good. That was a fun list to make. Yeah, that was a good one. Now, a lot of names I hadn't thought about in a long time. And the Word Association segment is brought to you by Proforma Print 2 Promo Group. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, they have over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one source print and promotional company by giving Barbara Van Weinsberg a call today at 574 210 three eight one five 
Got a little uh, NFL we want to talk about here. The NFL never sleeps. Never sleeps. And uh, speaking of never sleeping, I was up late getting this mock draft done. Oh, that's not, right. Not, not up not, not up late, but uh, I got a mock draft, my first of two. So one to come. I want to fly through this real quick because I know we have uh, on this day to go to and, and, and anything else you want to cover. So here we go. First pick, Jacksonville Jaguars, Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher from Michigan. I think that's pretty safe across mm-hmm. all the mock drafts out there. Number two, the Detroit Lions. Big day in Detroit today. They're not only yeah. going to be the Hard Knocks team, but they're going to host the 2024 NFL draft. People ripping on them for being the Hard Knocks team. I think Dan Campbell will be hilarious. That is true. I forgot um, about that. So. Yeah. That's, that's the only redeeming quality they have to be on Hard Knocks. I got them taking a flyer and getting their quarterback, Malik Willis. Wow, you think he's of, flying up boards that quick, Why not? Huh? That's, that, this is my first of two. It could change mm-hmm. big time. Out of liberty. Number three, uh, Houston, Texas taking uh, Trayvon Walker, defensive end of Georgia. That's not the last Georgia guy you're going to hear on this, by the way. Yeah. They're going to have a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number four, the New York Jets. They need offensive line help. I got him getting Akeem uh, Ikwan, Ikwanu, I believe is how he pronounced his name. He's an offensive lineman from NC State. Yeah, he's he's been getting some number one overall pick buzz yeah. as well. So was this guy who I've gone number fifth to New York Giants, Evan Neal, offensive lineman mm-hmm. from Alabama. Number six, Carolina Panthers. I have them also going quarterback. So I have two mm-hmm. quarterbacks going in the top ten. Kenny Pickett, quarterback, Pittsburgh. Two in the top six? Yeah, I don't I like I said, I'm mm-hmm. going risky here. Uh number seven to the New York Giants. Giants and Jets have a lot of uh top ten picks here. I got them taking Kayvon. Um Thibodeau. Though, yeah, defensive end from Oregon. That was a nightmare to look at to try to pronounce. <laughs> Number eight, Atlanta Falcons. They need wide receivers mm-hmm. big time. I have taken Garrett Wilson from the Ohio State University. Fast. Number nine, Seattle Seahawks. I almost went quarterback here, but they need offensive line help big time. Mm-hmm. I haven't taken Charles Cross, offensive tackle from Mississippi State. Number 10, I got the New York Jets taking Derek Stingley, cornerback, LSU who a lot of people are dropping on their boards. I saw some people had him in their 20s, but I think he's best corner available, but that's why I don't get paid to scout these things. <laughs> Number 11, the Washington Commanders. I have them taking Kyle Hamilton, safety, Notre Dame. Number 12, Minnesota Vikings got them taking Jordan Davis, defensive tackle out of Georgia. Number 13, Houston Texans. I have them taking the best name in the draft, Sauce Gardner. Defensive back, whole cornerback from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Number 14, I have the Baltimore Ravens taking George Karloftis, edge rusher out of Purdue. Think he'll go that high, huh? I think I've seen him anywhere from the 20s to the teens. And mm. I don't know, Baltimore just seemed like a like a nice fit. So it wouldn't shock me if he went to one of these back-back pits to the picks to the Philadelphia Eagles, though. But I have the Eagles at 15 taking Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle from Georgia. Then 16 getting some wide receiver help taking Drake London, wide receiver from USC. Number 17, I have the Chargers taking Trevor Penning, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. Number 18, I got the Saints. Thought about maybe quarterback here, but taking Jermaine Johnson, edge rusher from Florida State. Number 19, the Philadelphia Eagles. They have a lot of picks in the first round. Uh, yeah, uh, Dolphins traded some picks with them. Colts obviously gave them a first-round pick for, uh, yeah. Have them taking Trent McDuffie, cornerback from Washington. Number 20, Pittsburgh Steelers. I know they just got Mitch Trubisky to a two-year deal, but I have them taking Matt Corral, cornerback, quarterback from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about his knee, but. Uh, yeah, but, uh, of uh, course, yeah. we're not sure about Mitch Trubisky either, so they still need to be thinking right. about the future. Number 21, New England Patriots got taken Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah. 22, Green Bay Packers, Jordan Davis, defensive tackle from Georgia. See, more Georgia guys. But that defense was nasty. Uh, 23, Arizona Cardinals taking Roger McCreary, cornerback Auburn. Number 24, Dallas Cowboys taking Tyler Smith, offensive tackle Tulsa. 25, the Buffalo Bills taking Tyler Lindenbaum, offensive lineman from Iowa. Yep. Number 26, got the Tennessee Titans taking Bo- Bowie uh, Mafee, I think, uh, defensive lineman from uh, Minnesota. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Uh, 27, got Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking Zion Johnson, offensive lineman from Boston College. Number 28, Green Bay Packers getting Aaron Rodgers some offensive help. He needs Chris, it. Chris Olave, wide receiver, the Ohio Man, State University. He'll put up huge numbers there. 
Number 29, Kansas City Chiefs. They lost the fastest guy in the NFL, Tyreek Hill. Two-year Miami Dolphins that I'm sure you're going to hit on real quick here. Taking uh, Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State. State. Replace speed with speed, but that's not Tyreek Hill speed, but that's still pretty good speed. (laughs) Uh, 30, Kansas City Chiefs on the clock again. Taking Arnold Ibaktier, edge rusher from Penn State. So back-to-back Penn State guys. Uh, 31, the Cesarana Bengals. Giving Joe Burrow some more offensive line help. And I... Kenyon Green, office lineman from Texas A&M. And lastly, to the Detroit Lions at 32, I'm taking another Georgia guy, linebacker from Georgia, uh, N'Kobe Dean. A lot of Georgia guys on there. A lot we'll of Georgia guys. probably see a lot of Georgia guys taken next month. Yep. Uh, here. So I'll have one week? more coming yeah. One more coming the week of the draft. Nice. Good good list there, T-Dog. Thank you. Um, speaking about Tyreek Hill, um, Dolphins gave up almost their entire draft fields. No, I think they still have five or six picks. Uh, but give first round pick, second round pick, um, I think a fourth and a fifth as well in this year, and then a fourth and a fifth next year for the most explosive wide receiver in the NFL. Pair him with Jalen Waddle. Should be real fun. No excuses um, for Mr. Tua anymore. Zero excuses. They signed two starting offensive linemen. They got him two of the most explosive receivers in the NFL. They franchise tagged Mike Gesicki. Um zero and and they paired him or they uh, signed uh, two running backs Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds and gave him a fullback Alec Ingold from uh, San Francisco <laughs> uh zero excuses for Tua it works out perfectly because you give him one more year and if they can't win this year they have two first round picks next year to go get a quarterback maybe trade for a quarterback um so it's working out pretty good and Chris Greer's done a pretty good job this offseason um and giving him as many weapons as possible. And now it's on Tua to go and try to get the job done. So we'll see. And as we've mentioned for weeks and years now, you can't win in the NFL without an elite quarterback, but the Dolphins are going to try. Thank you for getting him out of the AFC West. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure you're glad they got him rather than the New York Jets. Now you don't have to face him twice. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Because yeah. uh, uh, that would not be fun to have him there in New York. Um, no. But uh, yeah, hopefully uh, he can be pretty good, stay healthy. Um, really excited about Jalen Waddle's future after the year he put up as a rookie. So um, adding another super fast guy over there. And they signed Cedric Wilson. Uh, from the Dallas Cowboys had a pretty good year um, for them as kind of their third option there. So um, they have some weapons there. They still have Devontae Parker on the roster, which I wouldn't be surprised if they end up trading him by draft time. Um, but uh, go put up some points now. I think the defense will be pretty solid now. It's time to score some points. It's weird thinking neither of our teams is going to have a first-round pick this year, but uh, mm-hmm. we'll both sacrifice those for a, a quarterback and an elite yeah. fast wide receiver. The, and I, I've always kind of said, I mean, Denver trade, what, the 10th pick? Ninth. Ninth pick. Um, you're not taking a player at nine that's better than Russell Wilson. No, and they're t- in their first next year, but hopefully that's a later mm-hmm. pick. Hopefully, sure. yeah, you know. yeah. And Dolphins aren't taking a player at 29 better than Tyreek Hill. Nope. So nope. Yep. So that is that is their first round pick, and I'm I'm all for it. Uh, quick on this day here. Um, let's see what we got. Uh, on this day in uh, 1942, the fourth NCAA men's basketball championship was held. Stanford beat Dartmouth 53-38. The Dartmouth was back in it two years later on the losing effort, on losing in again, losing to Utah 42-40. to um, On the 12th one ever played, CCNY, Community College of New York, I believe that's Stanford, <laughs> beat Bradley, or City College of New York, excuse me, beat Bradley 71-68. They're the first to win the NCAA and the NI in the National Invitational in the same year. And called NIT just National Invitational. Uh, on this day, 1972, Wilt Chamberlain played his last pro basketball game. He's a pretty good one. On this day, 1977, the 39th NCAA Men's Basketball Championship was held. Marquette beat North Carolina 67-59. Um, on this day, the first in 1982, the first NCAA Women's Basketball Championship game was held. Louisiana Tech beat Cheney. 76-62. On this day, 1990, Michael Jordan scored 69 points. Fourth time he scored 60 points or more in a game. He was also pretty good. Um, More Mike Tyson bad news in 91. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, On this day in 1999, the 18th NCAA Women's Basketball Championship was held. Purdue beat Duke 62-45. and that's going to do it for on this day. I also know that Leitner pass 
happened mm. in uh, on this day in 1992. Grant Hill to Leitner, the shot over Kentucky. That wasn't on there, but it happened on this day. And the On This Day segment is brought to you by Mooney Woodcrafts. Mooney Woodcrafts is a veteran-owned and operated custom woodcraft shop based out of North Carolina with Indiana grassroots. They provide 100% hand-cut custom designs to fit your needs. From signs to growth charts, their custom pieces make a great addition to any home, office, or man cave. To see more of their recently completed projects, visit their Instagram at Mooney Woodcrafts or their Facebook page. And for orders, contact them at MooneyWoodcrafts at gmail.com. This episode is also brought to you by The Dan Landing. Whether you want burger, beer, tacos, barbecue, The Dan Landing is the absolute place to be right on the lake, Lake Manitow there um, on Ewing Road in Rochester. Beer Garden's about to open, I would imagine. I'm sure it's been open, but it's kind of cold here now. Right. Uh, but uh, go to The Dan Landing. Fantastic food and atmosphere. Had some Zaw there last week. It was pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty bogey question. Jason Jason Tatum Jason, and Jalen mm-hmm. Brown have each scored 25 points in each of the Celtics' six straight wins. They're the third pair of teammates to score 25 points in six straight games together. Who are the other two pairings? Uh, just give me a birdie or birdie. Give me a bogey now. Uh, Magic and Kareem. No. Um. Let's see. Jordan and Pippen. I can't imagine. No. Um, trying to think of other good duos. In our lifetimes, Kobe and Shaq. Yes. Crap. Should have said them first. Should have said them over Jordan and Pippen. I would have got a par. Um, give me a give me a bogey. And the other's also a Lakers pairing. Elgin Baylor, Jerry West. I wouldn't have gotten that one. Yep. I, I was I was thinking you were gonna get par. I was thinking maybe Man. the Kobe Shaq. I sh- I should have got that one. I just that was yeah, I don't know why I didn't say them first, but uh, yeah. thanks for watching the Tan and J Man show live on the ISC Sports Network. We will be back at it next week. Have a fantastic week, everybody.